This is all theater. This is all just political theater. Political theater. Political theater. Pure political theater. Theater. Political theater. The nefarious, significant, and protracted political, political, political theater for political theater's sake. I yield back. From Washington, this is Political Theater. Roll Call's review of the spectacle of politics on Capitol Hill and across the country. I'm Jason Day. I'm Mike Magner, managing editor of CQ Magazine, sitting in today for Jason Dick, the regular host of Roll Call's Political Theater podcast. We're here today with Patrick Creedon, director of a new documentary film that is really near and dear to my heart. It's called Hesburgh, based on the life and career of Father Theodore Hesburgh, president of the University of Notre Dame from 1952 to 1987. Born in Syracuse, New York in 1917, Reverend Theodore M. Hesburgh would go on to become one of the most influential Catholic priests of modern American history. As that clip from the university noted, Father Hesburgh was a civil rights icon, a social and religious leader, and an advisor to presidents, popes, and other world leaders during his 35 years as Notre Dame president and through his later years until his death in 2015 at age 97. I happened to grow up in South Bend, Indiana, just a stone's throw away from Notre Dame, and my mom's sister, my Aunt Helen, was Father Hesburgh's personal secretary for the entire time he was the university's president. So I came to know him quite well and followed his career closely, and I could say without hesitation that this was a remarkable man who earned a prominent place in history and in the hearts of all Irish Americans and, of course, Notre Dame football fans. He was a high-profile priest in a rapidly evolving Catholic Church, a key player in important national issues such as civil rights. We are trying to create one nation. It could very possibly be that we are verging through our institutions towards two societies, one black and one white, and that wouldn't be America, I don't think. And a partner to world leaders wrestling with the existential threat of nuclear proliferation. Patrick Creedon is a Notre Dame graduate and director of a number of documentary films, including the widely acclaimed Wordplay in 2006 about New York Times crossword puzzle editor Will Shorts. Patrick, welcome to Political Theater. Great to be here, Mike. Thanks. Tell us how you got involved in this project, making a film about Theodore Hesburgh. I'd known the name Father Hesburgh my whole life. Um, my father went to Notre Dame, I went to Notre Dame. I certainly knew who he was. I knew that he was sort of this, he had this giant reputation, uh, but I never quite understood how that came to be. And so when he passed away in 2015, which also happened to be the same year my father passed away, it was a great time for me to get reconnected to Notre Dame and reconnected to this man who many of us know about and and thought we knew, um, but didn't know very many of the specifics of how he came to be one of the most influential leaders in American history. Mm -hmm. That's why I love making documentary films, because my team and I spent two and a half years examining his life and figuring out what it was about him, what were his his personal skill set that allowed him to become almost like a Forrest Gump type character in American history, um, in the sense that he just sort of popped up everywhere in the second half of the 20th century. And every time he was called to do something, he not only got the job done, 
but people wanted him back for the next challenge that 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 was on the horizon the thing that some people might be wondering is what could this man this catholic priest who did his best work almost 50 years ago how could that possibly resonate in the moment that we're in right now and i think what we're finding is that really this story is about a certain style of leadership that i think we've lost i can't think of anyone in our country certainly in my family or group of friends who is proud of the leadership that is on display right now. Um, and I'm not, I, I honestly, I'm not thinking of one particular person or one particular party. I think that America has become a place where screaming at each other is the norm. Trying to embarrass each other or lie about something is what we've become used to. We have got to figure out a way to get away from this moment that we're in. Mm-hmm. And I think studying great leadership is a good way to do that. Mm-hmm. Father Hesburgh's work on the Civil Rights Commission is a, is a thread that really runs throughout this film um, because he was really an important leader of that group. Tell us a little about how that commission uh, helped lay the groundwork for the Civil Rights Act that finally it was enacted. There were very few people in America who understood the value and the role that black Americans could play in our country there are very few people who understood that better than President Eisenhower. As you know, the Supreme Court of the United States has decided that separate public educational facilities for the races are inherently unequal, and therefore compulsory school segregation laws are unconstitutional. He won the war in Europe in part because of the black soldiers who served in his army. And yet when he returned to America, he really was returning to two different Americas, a white America and a black America. Eisenhower quickly became president uh, about six or seven years later after the war and knew that he, as president, had to figure out how to come to terms with our race problem in America. Um, Congress was not going to get any work done. They were fighting uh, with each other about what to do. So President Eisenhower did something Uh, which some people thought was going to be like completely ineffective, and yet some people saw hope in in this decision. He decided to create a presidential commission. It was six individuals from around the country, three people from the north, three people from the south. This commission was, was asked to study race relations in our country and to write up recommendations for how to address those problems. Father Hesburgh was one of those six people. Here is the first complete study ever made of the whole federal establishment as regards at least civil rights compliance and how we're delivering on what the law says we should do. It says the performance is pretty poor, always has been. Um, What I really love, there's a detail about that commission that I really find fascinating. Uh, It was started in 1957. The other five commissioners at the time, they were all men, One was a black man and four white men and Father Ted. But the other five commissioners, their average age was 65. This was kind of an elder statesman crowd. Father Ted had just turned 40. But President Eisenhower and his administration saw something in Father Ted. Perhaps it was that he was a man of the cloth. I I don't know. I do know that President Eisenhower loved college football. 
There's no question <laughs> about that. Okay. So maybe that played into it. It's, it's hard to say. But Father Ted came in, and uh, my fear was that he served on the Civil Rights Commission more as a figurehead. That was not the case. Yeah. Father Ted really became, he really became the leader within that group of six other or five other uh, commissioners and figured out a way to bring those commissioners together. In fact, he very famously took them all fishing up in Wisconsin right. uh, when it came time to write up the draft of the recommendations. He brought these five other people together. They got to know each other. They got to trust each other. And that's where the good, where the groundwork was laid. Mm-hmm. That's really the backstory of how Father Ted became a civil rights commissioner. It's He ended up serving for the next uh, 15 years until President Nixon fired him. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is one of the stories in the movie, but whenever you do a, f- a movie about Father Ted Hesburgh, there's going to be a lot of stories in there. Yeah. This is just yeah. one of the stories that we cover. Well, one of the stories I was interested in was after they developed these recommendations and, and sent them to Congress for enactment into a law, um, President, there was still a long battle ahead to get it enacted. And uh, President Kennedy, as you point out in the film, didn't really want to to push for the civil rights law because he feared he wouldn't win a second term if he lost the South. Um, yeah. And then tell us a little, too, what happened to finally get it enacted. Well, you've, you've just hit on what I think was one of Father Ted's superpowers. <laughs> he never had to face another. He never had to face an election. Um, in fact, Joe Biden once famously called him the most powerful unelected official in Washington. Because of that, he was playing a much longer game than I think most politicians play. Right. He wasn't looking two or four years down the road. He was looking 100 years down the road. Um, and so you, you're, you're absolutely right. In 1959, shortly before President Eisenhower left office, they handed in their recommendations. It really became a blueprint for the Civil Rights Act that was signed into law uh, about five years later. Uh, but what happened is the effort was stalled in the Kennedy administration because, and we, we talk about this in the film, um, the Kennedys, especially Bobby, were concerned that if you push too hard and too fast on civil rights, you're going to lose votes in the South. Mm-hmm. And like any politician, the Kennedys wanted to be reelected and do tr- and you know and serve another term. Um, and Father Hesburgh was furious mm-hmm. that the Kennedys were dragging the feet. Well, lo and behold, a couple years later, a um, couple administrations later, after the Civil Rights Act had been signed into law by Lyndon Johnson, um, Father Ted was dealing with a different president and a different administration. Uh, in Richard Nixon. Mm-hmm. And now this, this was the role that the commission played in monitoring enforcement of the new law. Exactly. Right. Exactly. And so now the Civil Rights Act is now law. Mm-hmm. Uh, Father Ted at this point is, is not just on the commission. He's now the chairman right. of the commission. Right. And guess what? Different political party, different president, same problem. Mm-hmm. Richard Nixon and his administration were also dragging their feet Mm -hmm. because, again, enforcing civil rights laws was a really good way to lose votes in the South. Mm -hmm. What I found interesting in the film, though, is that Father Ted and Richard Nixon were actually friends leading up to his election as president and even in the first years of his presidency. Uh, But that all kind of derailed, right? Yeah. You know, 1952 was a really interesting year for both of those men. 
that was the year that that uh, that Richard Nixon was elected vice president of the United States. It was also the year that Father Ted, at 35 years old, became president of Notre Dame. They bonded over their love for college football. Uh-huh. Um, very close friendship. They wrote letters back and forth when 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 a parent passed away. They I think they genuinely liked each other. It was hard not to like Father Ted. He was really a, he was really a nice guy. And that all came to a head mm-hmm. in 1972. Because the commission put out a report that said the federal government was doing a terrible job exactly. of enforcing the law. And it, it, uh, exactly. when you Nixon think... didn't like that too much. We're asked by the White House to delay this report until after the election. They were concerned about the timing, and we didn't share their concern as to the political importance of the report. We are an independent agency. We generally do what seems best to us. When you think about the civil rights struggle, at least from a from a... From a constitutional standpoint, to say nothing of the, the the marching and protesting in the streets with Martin Luther King and other leaders at the time, what you really have to think about is that in 1957, the U.S. government had no plan in place. So it, it became really a three-step process uh, that took the better part of 20 years to try to move this along. What they had to do was they had to write up a bunch of recommendations for how to address this problem. That was step number one. Father Ted wrote many of those recommendations himself. Mm -hmm. Step number two was to get those recommendations signed into law, which, as you mentioned, that became the Civil Rights Act um, of 1964. Lyndon Johnson signed that into law. The third step, and probably the most important step, was getting the government to enforce those laws. And again, Father Ted was involved in all three of those steps because by the time it came time to enforce civil rights laws, he was the chairman. Mm-hmm. Uh, he took that job very personally. Mm-hmm. He, he thought to himself, you know, we've spent all this time making these ideas, turning these ideas into laws. I'm certainly not going to sit here while you choose not to enforce them. Right, right. Um, he was an incredible whistleblower in that sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and so very famously, or even infamously, uh, when Richard Nixon was reelected in 1972, the very first person he fired was Father Ted. Right, right. Father Ted packed up his bags. He went back to South Bend. I think there may have been a little bit of, you know, I mean, it's hard to imagine that he wasn't slightly uh, embarrassed or had some hurt feelings about being fired. But he, I think at the same time, um, as, as, as time went on and as history showed, um, Father Ted's star continued to rise, and, and Richard Nixon uh, was on the eve of, of a real political meltdown. Again, that's just another one of the little stories that's wo- woven into the story of this, this man, Father Ted Hesburgh, who somehow became this, this Catholic priest who was you know, teaching and then running a school in Northwest Indiana. Mm-hmm. He, he, he became one of the great leaders of our time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I find his story fascinating. Well, there, there are a number of other presidents in the movie and other uh, world leaders that he interacted with, um, civil rights icons. All that we cherish at the base of the great dream of America demands a dedication to the dignity of man the God-given dignity of every human being. I've never done a, a film before where the subject has rubbed off on us the way Father Ted rubbed, rubbed off on me and my team. Mm-hmm. Um, he was, he was a, just a truly inspiring individual. Um, he, was, 
you know, he, he loved a good cigar. He, he, drank, he drank the occasional Manhattan. He loved to fish. He was funny. He was great at remembering people's names. So tell us about when the film is out. We'll be in theaters uh, all around the country, and we're really, uh, we're really thrilled to take Father Ted's story, story to uh, people far and wide. Patrick, thank you for, for joining us, and we hope you'll come back uh, when your next film comes out. And thank you for all of, uh, all of our listeners out there. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, NPR One, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And please rate us on iTunes. For more on this and other stories, visit rollcall.com or find us on Twitter at, at CQNow or at Roll Call. Thanks again. <laughs>